you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. What an amazing time. I'm telling you, I'm thankful. Amen. Is there anyone thankful in this house today? I'm telling you, there's much to be thankful for. I'm telling you, I am thankful. I don't even know if I have words that can describe how thankful I am for the goodness of God in my life. I'm telling you, God is good. See, maybe, maybe you have to be real deep in the ditch on things, I mean, real deep in the things of the world, real deep in sin before you become real thankful for the things of God. I, I won't pray any of that upon any of you, but I'm telling you, you can see the complete difference, the stark difference between black and white. Amen. What, what is good, what is not, what is light and what is darkness. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for it. I and mean, I'm thankful for his goodness. The goodness he's given me, hmm. To be a son, a son of the living God, I'm telling you, he's given you to be daughters, sons and daughters of the living God. I don't, I'm telling you, church, what it's like to be in Christ. See, this is what, this is what we've been talking about, what, what it's like to be in him. What is our identity in him? Because I'm telling you, this is some of the most important stuff you can ever, ever grab a hold of. You see, uh, we're, we're going to teach on being led by the Spirit. We're going to teach faith. We're going to teach a lot of different things in this place. But until you understand who you are in him, you can't operate in these things. Why? Because you're always going to have the lies of the adversary come and telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this or the other. And I'm telling you, church, once you find out who you are in him, listen, the whole game changes. The whole game changes. I'm telling you, you become the winner. Amen. Not just a loser. You become the winner. Amen. Does anyone want to be a winner in this place? I'm telling you, are already there. You, mean, you might as well yield unto it. Amen. We, he's, he's created us to be that place. We just got to begin to yield unto that. Yield unto it. I'm telling you, he's good. I'm telling you, our God's good. And see, I used to be one of those people that would complain about everything. I mean, complain about everything. Amen. I'd complain about everything if things weren't going in my direction. I'd, I'd complain. I'd, I'd put my opinion. Now, Now, most people say I'm still pretty opinionated, but listen, I'm nothing like I used to be. Amen. But I put my opinion on everything. I'm telling you, I've learned over the years. I learned after walking with Jesus. I'm telling you, all these things are futile. They're nothing. They're useless. They mean absolutely nothing. They all become a useless cycle of desperation. Desperation and what? Trying to find out who you really are. Amen. That's why you put your opinions on things. That's why you get upset when things aren't going your way, because you don't know who you are. You don't know who he's created you to be. And I'm telling you, once we can grab, we can absorb that thing. I'm telling you, things will begin to change in your life. Amen. Oh, nothing seems to be right. Nothing's going the right direction. So we get irritated about it. I'm telling you, it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. All it does is get us in cycles of these self-destructive ways. That everything we put our hands through, it becomes destructive. Amen. I'm telling you, that's not what God is. God wants everything we put our hands through to prosper. Amen. But what we got to do, we got to shift the way we believe. We got to shift the way we think. Amen. Remember, this is that, what is that? That's that, that's that word repentance. Amen. That's that Greek word metanoia. I mean, it doesn't mean seek forgiveness. No, you know, seeking forgiveness is a second consequence of, of repentance. I mean, what is repentance? It's changing the way you think. I mean, God wants us to change the way we think. Uh, let me just say that one more time because I think some people need to hear that. God wants you to change the way you think. Why? Well, he wants you to think like him. He wants you to live like him. He wants you to think like him. He wants you to process things like him, not how the world has trained us up to think. Hmm? Not how the world has trained us up to think. He wants us to change. Because see, if we don't get that change, we're never going to be satisfied. I'm telling you, you can get satisfied in him, but you're never going to get satisfied unless you can 
Make that change. Make that change the way you think and become in him. Amen. Listen, church. This is, this is exactly why. This is exactly why the church around the world, not just here in Ireland, but around the world, we're, we, the church seems to be encapsulated. We're encapsulated in these endless sin cycles. Endless sin cycles. And don't seem like we can get out of it. Now listen, if, we're, if, we, are, if we are encapsulating these things and we're participating in these things, listen, and you are a believer, you have been reborn, amen. Listen, you're, you're going to loathe these things. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it, but I'm going to tell you something. Your hate, your loathing, your disapproval, you're not wanting these things to happen in your life isn't enough to stop it. It's not enough to stop it. I mean, the only thing that can't stop it is him in your life. You're surrendering yourself to him in your life. It takes these cycles out of your life. And some of these cycles are, are destructive. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that people are sa- saved that sin. Listen, the, the tr- people sin all the time, amen, that are Christians. That's not, that's not what we're trying to say here. Amen. But I'm, I'm trying to say, you don't know who you are. I mean, you don't know who, who Jesus has created you to be. You don't know who he's rebirthed you to be. I mean, because I'm telling you, he's, he's made you into something special. He made you into something. He made you into a son. He made you into a daughter. He gave you a new identity. You say, what's that new identity? He gave you the identity of a king. He gave you his identity, the identity of a king, King Jesus. His nature is now on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, that is the most powerful revelation each and of us can, can grab a hold of us. Each and every one of us should grab a hold of. That we have a new nature, the nature of a king. I'm telling you, I knew what my nature used to be like, and it was foul. I mean, I may have my, my beautiful mom over here. I may have had her deceived on a lot of things. I'm telling you, I was good at deceiving. Amen. I'm telling you, that nature was foul. Amen. We have a great identity. We have the identity of a king. I'm telling you, it's powerful if we can just yield unto it, church. Amen. If we will just yield unto these things, posture ourselves with a hunger for intimacy. Posture ourselves with a hunger for his presence. Posture ourselves with a hunger for his word. I'm telling you, we, get, we got to make a shift on the inside of us. We got to stop compromising to think everything's okay if we just hear some philosophical message from the pulpit. Everything's going to be grand. I, I got my check mark for the week. I'm telling you, church, those things are destructive in your life. Amen? But then we need, to hear, we need to hear the true word of God. We need to have the true word of God be ministered. We need to get to the place where we're face-to-face with the living God, amen, allowing him to shift things in our life, changing our, changing our posture, amen, a shift, a metanoia, allowing these things to happen in our lives, amen. I'm telling you, it seems like we want man's opinion sometimes more than we want God's word. Hmm? I'm telling you, man's opinion is useless, amen. We can't seek out his, man's opinion more than we seek out what the word of God says. We have to be seeking out his word, we have to allow it to change us. Why? Because the true word, the true word is sharp. The true word is alive. I'm going to tell you something. The true word is provocative. Amen. The true, true word is challenging. Amen. What is it, what is it challenging? It's, it's going to come after you. It's going to come after you. It's going to come after you. Trying to do what? Shave everything off of you that doesn't look like Jesus. I mean, anything that doesn't represent him, it's going to come after it. It's provocative. It's going to come. It's going to not feel comfortable at times. I'm telling you, it is coming after you. And I'm telling you, church, this is what we need. We've got to get to that place where we desire that in our lives. I mean, it's not a scary thing. I mean, we, we need to come after. We need to get hungry after these things. I'm telling you, I love change. Amen. I love change. 
I like it when God changes things on the inside of me. Amen. Because I'm telling you, it's, not, it's never a thing when Jesus starts opening up the door and says, you know what? You know what? Yeah, you, you shouldn't have done that. Maybe you should go. To, well, you've never said that before. Well, you weren't ever ready to hear that before. Amen. But I'm telling you, it's, it's lovely when God starts you know, pinpointing things that aren't right. Because I'm telling you, if you're anything like me, I think I'm right on everything. Amen. And those things need to be shifted. Amen. But we got to allow Jesus to do it. We got to allow his, his word to do it. The true word of God. Amen. Anyone know what the true word of God is? Hmm? Now, you pay attention when I say this and don't take me wrong when I say this. But I'm telling you, what is the true word of God? The true word of God is not a book. The true word of God is a man. Amen. The true word of God is not, is not a book. The true word of God is a man. Now, now I'm not saying, listen, I, the, the, the word of God, the, the Bible is probably the most valuable thing I have in my possession besides the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is the most valuable thing I have. I love it. I read it. I study it hours on end every single day. I'm not belittling the word of God. But see, this, this is what Jesus has spoken. Amen. This book is not Jesus. Amen. The words in it are Jesus. Amen. But, but the book is not. I mean, the, the word is a man. I mean, he, he's a person. I mean, he wants to get to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. How do you do that? You, get, you can do that through, through what he speaks. Amen. But he is a real person. Amen. We need, and he, he desires us. This is why we say he's jealous over you. He's hungry after you. Amen. He wants to get to know you. The true word of God is a man. Amen. You can go through this to find the man. I mean, God, see, he gave, he, gave this, he gave the word of God so he can reveal himself to us. He gave us the word so he can reveal the Father to us. Amen? But he wants to get to know you. Amen? He wants to get to know you. He wants to love on you. Let's go here, let's go here to, to John 1. We're gonna spend, let's spend a little time here today. And John 1, famous scriptures here that we've heard probably repeated dozens of times in our churches. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, it, it was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the, begin- in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and nothing was made that was made without him. Amen. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it. could not comprehend it. It says, in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning. I, I love that. You know, John, you know, when you, look, when you look at this apostle, John the beloved, you know, the apostle, the, the, the apostle of love. I mean, when you, when you look at this, he, you know, he wrote this. He wrote this book, they say somewhere around 80 or 90 AD. You know, all the other, all the other gospels, they say it could have been around yeah, 50, 60, 70 AD, but he wrote his way after. Now listen, he wrote his, his gospel. People were coming to him and they were saying, listen, John, you know, you know, all the other apostles are dead. Will you write us a gospel? And he says, no, I don't, I'm not going to write you a gospel. You know, we already have three amazing gospels. I'm not going to write another one. Our church, our church history, historians tell us that, that finally, after some time, after seeing, seeing the direction that the church was going, after he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He wrote Revelations when Jesus was giving some rebuke into the church. Amen. He goes, you know what, Lord? I have the leading now by the Holy Spirit. I'm going I'm to write a gospel. And see, he didn't, he didn't start in the same places that, that Luke did. He didn't start where Matthew did and go back to the genealogy of Mary or the genealogy of Joseph. What did he do? He went all the way back to the beginning. He says, in the beginning, amen, before anything was created, before the angels were created, before this earth was created, before there's dirt on this ground, before there's a heaven, before 
before there was a sky, before anything was there. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was what? It was with God. See, see in the beginning, there is, there is a God. And, and in this God, you had the Father. And then you had the Son. And you had the Holy Ghost. They were all in communion with one another. It was in the beginning, the Word. See, he, see Jesus was not created. I mean, he may have took on flesh, but he wasn't created. In the beginning, he was with the Father. Amen? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word is with God and the Word was God. Now listen, what is this, this word? Let me tell this for some of these people that may not know, and they may not know these things because you hear these words thrown out from, from the pulpit here quite a bit. There, there's two different words we, we see prevalently used as word in the, in, the, in the Bible. Amen. Two Greek words that are translated word. First one's rhema, right? Not that rhema, the, the spoken word of God. Amen. Like I say, I love that name. If I, if I was ever going to have, well, see, I'm never going to have another child, but see, one of my kids, maybe we're going to have them name their child Rama. That's a beautiful name. Amen. What is that? It, is, it, is, it means the spoken word of God. In, in theological terms, it's not just the spoken word. It's the spoken word from God, not just a spoken word. I mean, in, the, in, the, in theology, it is a spoken word from him, from God himself, right? And then we have logos. We have the, the logos word of God. What is it? It is the written word of God. It's, it's an account that's been taken, taken together. It's been put on paper for us to study. See, this is, this is the logos word of God. Amen. But see, an interesting thing about the logos word of God, the logos word of God had to be rhema at one time, right? It had to be rhema at one time. So you could say the Logos word of God is a, is a written word of God that was rhema to someone else. I mean, so you look at, you look at this, this word right here, that was a John. See, that was a, a rhema word that John received from the Holy Ghost. See, all the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? It's all rhema, but it was a someone else, which makes it logos, amen? So what, so what John had a rhema word of God, he came and made it logos as he wrote it down for us, right? See, th- this, is, this is where we need to get to the place, because why? Because God wants everything to become rhema to us. He wants everything to be spoken to us and become rhema. Amen. This is where, this is where we get, uh, uh, you know, Romans 10, 17, another one of my favorite scriptures. What? Faith cometh by what? By hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come by hearing the word of God. No, faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Amen. Faith comes by what? Hearing. You know, what, what are we going to be hearing? What does that build up? What builds up that faith? What are we hearing? Hearing by the word of God. What is that word translated from the Greek? It's rhema. Amen. And the, and the word God there is actually Christo. It's, it's hearing comes from the Ramatos Christo. Hearing comes from the, the spoken word from the anointed one. Amen. So how does faith come? Faith comes by you hearing, not just reading the Logos word, but allowing the Logos word, allowing someone speaking forth the word, that it becomes rhema, it becomes Jesus speaking to you. And then what happens? It becomes rhema. Faith gets ignited and something can happen. See, that's why we teach about healing. We teach about all these things all the time in this house. Why is it? Because we're speaking these things, speaking these things, believing that that seed's coming forth. It's going to get changed from the Logos word of God that we're reading in the word, that it becomes rhema to you that becomes Jesus speaking to you and what happens you grab a hold of it then you start getting healed I mean healing's easy oh but you don't know you don't know what it, no healing's easy amen all you got to do is believe it's a rhema word that God has spoken something to your heart and when he speaks something to your heart it comes alive faith is ignited you know I'm telling you these things are important before I got saved I, I was married yeah my wife was a heathen she she married someone that wasn't saved right even though I lied to her I thought I was saved 
Amen. But I never met Jesus. I was one of those religious people. Amen. Sad thing. Probably similar to a lot of things that happens up here in the north. You know, Texas is the same way. You know, it's called the Bible Belt in the United States. I mean, everyone's saved. Everyone's a Christian, and they're not. Amen. Why? Because being a Christian is having an encounter. It's becoming a union, not just knowing the right words to answer. Amen. And where I can remember sitting there laying in bed, and uh, my wife, she, she, she already knew there were some problems, right? And she said, she's like, you know what? We're gonna start, I'm going to start reading the word to you. I'm going to start reading the word to you at night. So she get, so she get in. I was like, yeah, whatever. So you put, you know, pause on whatever TV station I, I was watching, you know, and listen to her read for 15 minutes. And I got nothing out of it every time she read. Why? Because it, it was just the low gospel. It was just, it, was just, it was just the book she was reading. It meant nothing. It meant nothing. Amen. But see, when I, when I got that encounter, now I open up the word of God and I'm telling you, everything is alive. Why? Because it's not just logos. Now Jesus begins to speak to me. Listen, it, whether I'm up here speaking, whether Brother Adrian's up here, whether Jason from down in Dundalk or whoever it may be that comes up and speaks the word. Listen, when people begin to speak the word of God, don't, don't look, at, look at a man. Don't listen for a man. Don't listen for a person. Allow it to be Jesus to speak to you. Because when Jesus begins to speak to you, listen, that's when rhema, that's when a rhema word is going to come forth and it will change your life forever. It will change you. Amen. Why? Because faith will get ignited. Faith will get ignited. Amen. We can do everything that the Lord has for us. Hallelujah. Here in verse 1, uh, the Passion Translation, I, I like the way this reads here. It says, in the beginning was the living expression. In the beginning was the living expression. In the beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. I love that, how Dr. Simmons, the author of the Passions Translation, he, 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 he calls the, the Logos word, I mean, he calls that the living expression. Why? Because the Logos word is not just a thing. The Logos word is a person. It's a person. He said, in the beginning was this living expression, the living expression of what? Of God. He is the living expression of God. In the beginning was him. You know, Dr. Simmons also says you can translate, you know, logos, you could call it, you could call it a message or you could call it a blueprint. And I love that word blueprint. I mean, you think about that. It's in the beginning is the, is the living expression of God. That is the living blueprint of his word. Why? Because Jesus is the blueprint. This, this logos word that's been written here, it is a blueprint to do what? To reveal, to reveal the Father, to reveal Jesus to us. Oh, come on, church. This, this is what this is about. It is a, it is a blueprint. Why? Oh, I don't even know where to get started. Get started in it because, see, this is the blueprint that's going to reveal Jesus to you. I'm telling you, this is the most important possession you can have. I don't care if you have a billion pounds in the bank. I don't care if you have a mansion, Bentley. I, I don't care about any of that garbage. I'm telling you, you got to know this. This is the most valuable thing you can have. Why? Because in its prosperity, in its healing, in it is a successful marriage, in it is the power of God, in it is the Holy Ghost, in it is deliverance from depression, in it is everything that we're seeking out for. But we got to get in it. We got to find out what Jesus has for each and every one of us. It is the blueprint. He is the blueprint, the living expression. I'm telling you, everything in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, listen, church, it's Christocentric. You say, what does that mean? It's centered around Christ. Everything in the Word of God, I'm telling you, from the beginning to the end is there to do what? To reveal Him to us. It's to reveal Him to us. Full stop. Full stop. See, the problem is most of us are been looking through the Word of God. We go through the Old Testament. We look through the Old, uh, the old Covenant through, through eyes of religion. 
Amen. Through the eyes of man, through the eyes of what they think, and not through the lens of Jesus. Amen. Because see, I mean, what happens? We get a bad opinion of who our father is. Oh, our father's mean. The father's a bad guy. You know, Jesus is the sweet one. <laughs> no, Jesus said, if you if you send me, you've seen the father. I'm the living expression. I'm the blueprint of the father. No, I'm not any different than him. I'm exactly like him. Amen. So if you'll start find out who Jesus is, find out who his identity is in the word in the New Testament, then, then you go back in that old covenant and you start reading through and you start reading it through the lens of Jesus and not through the lens of Job. Amen. You'll find out, man, our God is awesome. Our God's a deliverer. Our God's a rescuer. Our God's a healer. Our God's absolutely amazing. He is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And I'm telling you, he will be the same for eternity. Our God never changes. Humanity changes, but our God never does. I'm telling you, our God is faithful in everything that he does. He is amazing God. He says here in verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. Now listen, you get to study in the word of God. Listen, I'm telling you, little words will start jumping out and you're going to and you say, why does with mean so much to me? I'm telling you, I found this prepositional word to be absolutely amazing. Amen. What is this word in the Greek? This word in the Greek is pros. Amen. You say, why is that so amazing? Because in the Greek, it means to be face to face. It means to be mouth to mouth, breath to breath. Amen. So what is it saying? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Amen. And it says that the, that the same was in the beginning, face to face and mouth to mouth with God. I'm telling you, that, that, that is powerful. As powerful, we say, why is that? Because this word, this logos word, this, 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 this prepositional word is showing us what, what, uh, what proximity God desires with us. I mean, see, God doesn't desire just to be with you. He doesn't, be, he doesn't want to be just in the same room. He doesn't want to be, you know, a million miles like Plato tried to tell us, you know, you know heaven's a million miles away from, no, 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 no. No, God is a God of proximity. He wants to be face to face. He wants to be mouth to mouth. He wants, to, he wants you to feel his breath upon your face. That this is intimacy. I'm telling you, our God's intimate. I mean, he desires you. He desires not just to be near you. No, he, want, he wants you so close you can feel it. Amen. Our God with, pros, face to face. Powerful word. Powerful word. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, church, heaven, the kingdom of God is not a million miles away. Hmm? Where is the kingdom? It's where the king lives. I don't know about you, but I know where the king lives. The king lives right here. He's right with me. Amen. The kingdom of God is in me. Amen. This is why Jesus said when you're going out and you lay hands on the sick, you do these things. You tell them, the kingdom of God is coming near to you today. Amen. How do y'all believe? How many of y'all believe that when you step into a room, the kingdom steps into that room? I'm telling you, it'll change the things that you do. Amen. The kingdom of God follows us. Why? Because he's living on the inside of you. See, this is the same thing here in... Uh, say th- in 350 AD, there's the same things that the church was trying to struggle with, trying to struggle who, who they were in him, amen? It, there, was a, there was a saint named Athanasius, which is, a, is an amazing guy, and he, and he began to, to, to withhold and push and stand for this, this doctrine that we still hold today called the Trinity, Amen. Why? Because there's people that were coming up like Arius and different people that are bishops of different churches. And, and they came up and they're trying to say, no, 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 no. No, Jesus, he, 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 he isn't one with God. He was created of God. He is a created being. You know, some like a lot of the cults, some of these cults believe today that Jesus and Satan are kind of like on the same playing field, right? They're both created beings. No, no, no. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 
Amen. So what happened? They, so what happened after, you know, this guy, Athanasius, he, he's pretty powerful if you want to go, go check out. He, he was the bishop of Alexandria in Egypt. Amen. And what, and what happened with him? He got exiled like five times just because it stands for the Trinity. I'm telling you, I'm thankful there's bold men and women that'll stand up and they'll get exiled into, into Gaith, I think is what they called it. He got exiled five times, and every time he worked his way back, amen, he sat there and he stood. No, 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 Jesus is the same as the Father. The, the Father is the same as the Holy Ghost. They're, they're, all, they're all different, but they're all one. You know, how y'all, I mean, y'all know St. Saint, uh, Saint Patrick when he was over here, how he used to, how he used to minister into the Celts. He'd, he'd take off a, a, a three-leaf clover. Amen. Say this, this is, this is, this is what the Trinity looks like. There's one God. Amen. But there is the father, there is the son, and there is the Holy Ghost. There is, there is three different portions, but it's all one piece. Amen. Because it is a powerful doctrine that we need to grab a hold of. And Jesus is important. He's not inferior. Now he places himself in submission unto the father, but he is not inferior. The Holy Ghost is not inferior. I mean, the Holy Ghost is the same as the Father. He just placed himself into submission unto them. I mean, they're powerful, powerful stuff. Well, listen, Athanasius and some of these other, you know, bishops at the time, they, they came to this place and said, how can we describe, how can we describe this relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost? How can we describe this? And the reason I say this is because you're going to hear this word through here quite a bit as well, this word perichoresis. Amen. They said, uh, we, got, we got the perfect word. It's called perichoresis. It's derived from two different things. One's peri and one's choresis. What is peri? It means circle. Amen. It's where we get the, the English word periscope, right? And then you get choresis. That word means dance. Amen. It's where we get the, the English word choreography. So what does it mean? It means to be hand in hand. It means to be in a circle dance. They said that the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, they're, they're in a circle. They're in a dance with one another. They're hand in hand. They're so, they're so intimate with one another. Amen. That they're, that they're moving. They're moving. They're gliding. They're dancing with one another. Never missing a step. Amen. Why? Following the lead of the Father. Following the lead of the Father and everything they're doing, but they're gliding hand in hand with one another. Perichoresis. Amen. The circle dance. How many of y'all know that Adam was, was called to be in the middle of perichoresis as well? Hmm? See, Adam was, was called, he was placed into perichoresis. He wasn't, he wasn't one that separated. He wasn't created an angel. No, he was created in the likeness and image of God, and he was brought into this place called perichoresis. Amen. In this union, in the, in the unity of the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost. Remember, remember we talked about a couple weeks ago, this is why the glory of God covered him. He didn't have to wear clothes. Amen. No, no the glory of God was so, and, and covered him in everything that he did. Why? Because he was in the middle of that union. Amen. Until what happened? Until he sold out. Amen. He submitted under Satan. Amen. He believed what Satan had to say. He put faith in Satan's word, yield unto him. How many of you know what you yield yourselves to, you become a slave to? Amen. You, you want to sin unto death, life unto righteousness. What, whatever we yield ourselves to, you become a slave to. He yielded himself unto Satan and to his word. And what happened? Death. Death came. Separation. Separation came. Amen. What did Jesus do? Jesus, in verse 14, says he, he put on flesh. He came back into this world. He, 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 he submitted himself to, to any, any sin, anything that came against him, and he was perfect in all of his ways. No sin, no guile was found in him. What did he do? He decided to get up on a cross. He decided to take our sin nature. He decided to take up all these things. He decided to go to hell. He decided to get raised up, to get set at the right hand of the Father. Why? So he could bring us back into this place, this place of union, this place of perichoresis that the Father has always designed for man. 
How many of you know you're designed to be in union with him? You're not designed to be at a distance relationship. No, you're designed to be just as close as you two are sitting right there together. That, that's why the Father wants you. That's why Jesus wants you. That's where the Holy Ghost wants you. He wants you in complete unity, knowing you can feel his touch, dancing with him throughout life. Amen. Being in that unity in everything that we're doing. Glory to God. In verse 3, it says, all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and this life was the light of man. In him was life, zoe. In him was life. What, what is that? It's the God kind of life. The lexicon calls it the life that only comes from God's self-existent life. Amen, zoe. It's not, it's not just the life you have to be alive here on this earth. No, it is, it is God's life. It's his self-existent life that he places on the inside. It says, in him, in Jesus, was this zoe life. Was God's kind of life. Was God. Why? Because he is life. Amen. In him was these things. Amen. In him was, was life, and the life was the light of man. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Remember, we spent half the service talking about light. We're probably going to spend a couple weeks talking about light. Why? Because light is powerful. It's, it's important. It's throughout the whole word. Amen. In him was life, and his life was what? It was the light. How many of you know you can't separate God from light? You can't separate God from light. Why? Because God is light. You can't separate the two. You can't separate God. You can't separate the life of God from God. Why? Because Zoe, it is his self-sustained life. It is who he is. God is Zoe. God is folks. You can't separate God from love, right? Because love is not an attribute that God has. God is love. It's who he is. It's not something that he does. It's who he is, and it radiates through him. Amen? You can't separate these things. It's who they are. Amen? And who was? This life became what? The light of man. Habakkuk, uh, I think I was talking to Cynthia about that. What Habakkuk 2.14 says that, that the earth shall, shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the, as the waters cover the sea. Well, is it, what is, is it the water or is it the sea? Or is the sea the water? Is sea water or is water sea? Yes. <laughs> yes what? Yeah, yes, it is. Water is sea and sea is water. Amen. Just like God is love and love is God. I mean, it is the same thing. You can't separate it. Amen. They, they are the same thing. It is the absolute same thing. Amen. So what is this fos? What is this, what is this life that produces this life, that emits this light? If this, if the, how does that say that in, in him was life and this life was the light of man and him was the life and it was the light of man. What is light? Remember, it's that Greek word phos. I mean, it means what light? It means fire. It means luminescence. It means a source of light, right? It is the, it is the shine or to make light manifest. Amen. This is the phos of God, the, the light of God in, the, in, in him was zoe and the zoe was the, the phos of God. Amen. It was the phos of man. Amen. Properly, here in the New Testament, you can say that, that this light is the manifestation of the self-existent life. Amen. So, so the self-existent Zoe life is manifested through what? Through his light. God is light. Amen. This is simple enough. Is that simple enough? Amen. Why? So when God looks down to heaven, when he looks down from heaven, when the Father looks down, amen, what does he see? How does he tell who's his sons and his daughters? Does he have real good vision? Then he sees light. 
Amen. See, y'all look like a bunch of little fireflies, you know, running around the earth here. Why? Because you're, because you're full of God's light. You're full of his glory. Amen. It's flowing through. You see, Adrian, he's grabbing a hold of that because that's who you are. Amen. When, when he fills you up with his life, your light, his light starts emitting through you. It's who you are. Amen. It's easy for him to tell who's his or not. Amen. it doesn't matter what words come out of your mouth. He can tell by what? By what you admit. Not admit, but what you emit. Amen. See, the same thing with Satan. See, Satan knows exactly whose you are. He can tell you and say, oh, yeah, that's a Christian. That one's not a Christian. That's a son of God. That one's not a son of God. How, how does he do that? Because you emit a light. He knows exactly who you are, exactly what you can do and what you can't do. Amen. That's why he comes. People say, oh, and just get saved, get a Christian, man. Everything's going to be nice and easy. Now, when you, when you get saved, you become a Christian. You get a target on your back. Why? Because he knows who you are. Amen. He knows exactly who you are. And he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to come against you, brother. I'm going to make sure you don't believe what this says because I see what's coming out of you. And I'm going to try to make that hazy because if you believe that, I'm doomed. I have destruction. I can't do the things I'm wanting to do. So I'm going to try to confuse you, try to bring darkness upon you. Why? So he can have his way. See, I'm telling you, he knows who you are. He knows what you can carry. He knows that you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, reigning and living on the inside of you. See, Jesus, he didn't say in John that you're going to do the same things that he did, you know, because he's going to the Father like it was a joke. No, he expects you to be doing the same things that Jesus did. He's saying, listen, I'm going to give you the same Holy Spirit. Why? So you can do the same thing. So you're not in fear of COVID. So you're not in fear of sickness and disease. So you're not in fear of cancer. You're not in fear of devils when they come into the room. No, you walk in, the light just bursts and darkness starts running from why? Because you have that same spirit that he has. I'm telling you, light's powerful, church. We got we to grab a hold of what Jesus says. You are the foes. It's who you are. It's who you are. Are you a fireball or are you, or are you a wet wood? Amen? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, we need to be a fire. We are fireballs. Most of us, this don't, we don't even recognize it. We don't know it. And that's the problem. Amen. Once you recognize it, listen, I'm telling you, you jump up in the face of devils. You'll jump in the face of sickness and disease. Why? Because you can't stand it. Why? Because you know where it comes from. It doesn't come from the light. It comes from darkness. Hallelujah. This is why we, this is why we talk about intimacy so much in this church. And you're always going to hear this word. I'm telling you, until, until the day we get raptured or I go to be with the Lord, you're always going to hear about intimacy. Why? Because it's the foundation of all things in Christ. Amen. We got to be intimate with our lover to know who he is. I mean, because we don't know who he is. We can't know who he created us to be. Amen. We got to be intimate with him. We got to be intimate with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, church. I mean, I know Jesus didn't come down here just to reveal the light to you and then leave. He came down here to reveal the light to you so he could transform you into the light. So it's not just one Jesus running around here. You got multiples of them, multiples of them. What? Take them back, push them back. The darkness, push them back. The kingdom of darkness, allowing the light to flow. See, this is what Matthew five fourteen says. It says, "Who is the light of the world? Jesus." No, and this is Jesus talking to you. He says, "You're the light of the world." Hmm? 
You're the fos of the world is what that says. You are the fos. You are, you are the one that's emitting self-existent life from you. You are the fos of the world. You are the city that's set upon a hill. That's you. That's you. That's not, Jesus said, I'm, I'm passing that over to you, Adrian. I'm leaving. I'm going to sit at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to walk amongst the candlesticks. You're the one that's lit. Why does he call us the candlesticks? You're the one that's full of fire. You're the one that's full of light. He made us to be the city upon a hill, not to be one that's hidden in a cave. Thank God for, for some of these old saints that, that hid the gospel over here in Ireland and, and monasticism. But I'm telling you, we weren't made to be hidden in a corner. We're made to light up the world. Amen. To where people can't run from you, they run to you. Why? Because they know you got the answer. They know you got the answer. Remember we talked about, who was that, St. Fotini last, a couple weeks ago. Amen. What does their name mean? The one who emits light. The enlightened one. Amen powerful woman of God. Her family, who was this? It was the woman at the well, if y'all, if y'all don't remember. I mean, she, she got so filled with the light of God. You know, her family died, her sisters died, her sons died, and she, she even went and spoke into Nero himself. Why? Because she was going to sow a seed of transformation into this world. Amen. You say, well, she didn't do much. No, she, she sowed a seed of transformation in that world. When she died in 60, 70 AD, what, 200 years later is when, is when Rome declared itself to be a, a Christian nation. Why? Because it starts at the grass roots level. You want to change our nation? Amen. You want to change this island? It starts at the grassroots level. I mean, stop, stop complaining about the government. Stop complaining about all those things. Man, let's get people saved. When we get people saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, listen, you're going to see governments change. You'll see things change, but we got to start at the grassroots level. We need to stop being complainers. Amen. And do the, God, do the job that God gave us to do. Glory to God. Here in verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness comprehends it not. Listen to this in the Amplified. It says, and the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it. It hasn't absorbed it. It hasn't appropriated it. And it is unreceptive to it. It's unreceptive to it. Why? Because darkness, it can't, it can't receive light. It can't absorb light. It can't happen. What, what, is, that, what is that word for light there? Remember, it, it, or, uh, darkness. It, it's scotia, right? And it literally means Darkness. Uh, from, the little, from the literal standpoint, from the figurative standpoint, it means spiritual darkness, spiritual obscurity. Darkness that blocks the light when faith is lacking. Amen. Darkness that blocks the light with the light of God, the light of the word of God when faith is lacking. See, see, see y'all, we, we, it's not that we don't have faith. See, we've all been dealt the same measure of faith. Amen. But why do some people operate in greater things and greater measures than other people? Because some have, have their, their light obscured. Amen. By darkness. Amen. They allow this, this obscurity to come upon them and they, they can't allow faith to be released in them. Amen. Why? Because it gets obscured. The word gets obscured. The light gets obscured in their lives. See, it's the same thing that, that happened, to, happened to Satan. How many of y'all know that, that light, remember we talked about this, light is what? Or darkness. Let me put it this way. Darkness is what? There's no really such thing as darkness. Uh, all it is, is it describes something. It describes the lack of something. It is the, the lack of what? It's the lack of light. Amen? There is no darkness. Darkness is just the obscurity of light. Amen? This is what happened to Satan. How many of y'all know what Satan's name was before he became evil? His name was Lucifer. What does that mean? It means light bearer. This is who Satan was. He was called Lucifer. He was an angel. He was an anointed cherubim of God. He was the one that brought light. He was called the light bearer. This is who God called him to be. Amen? The light bearer. Okay, let's, let's go there. So, uh, I see, I hear that, Lord. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Ezekiel. 
Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. And let me, let's just start here in Ezekiel 28. Let's just start here in, in verse 12. This is, this is the Lord speaking, speaking through this prophet Ezekiel, describing who Lucifer or Satan, Lucifer then becoming Satan. He says, son of man, take up a lamentation, take up a passionate expression against the king of Tyrus. Now listen, this king of Tyrus is in fact Lucifer or Satan himself. It's not, it's not the king of Tyrus. You're fixing to find that out through the scriptures that follow. Amen. So pay, so pay attention to who, he, who he's speaking to. Don't get off by what he's calling him. And he says, of the king of Tyrus and saying to him, the Lord God said, you sealed up the sum that you're full of wisdom. You're perfect in your beauty. It, it sounds better here in the Amplified. It says, you are a full measure and pattern of exactness, giving the finishing touch to all that constitutes completeness. You're full of wisdom. You're perfect in beauty. He goes, you, were, you have been in the Eden of Garden. Now, the king of, no one was in the, in the Garden of Eden besides who? Besides the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and Adam, and Eve, and Lucifer, and Satan. Amen. He says, he says, you have been in the Eden of Garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, or the workmanship of thy tapros, of thy pipes were, were prepared in thee to the day you were created. I'm telling you, you get a picture of this of what the Lord's trying to reveal to you. Listen to Lucifer, this one that had, was named Light Bear. He came to the presence of God. Many people would say that this is describing he was the praise, uh, the praise and worship leader in heaven. He had pipes. He could sink forth. He was doing amazing things. And he had all these gems that were all over him, all these beautiful gems. And when he got in the presence of light, light began to reflect off of him and beautiful rainbows and beautiful colors were all over the place. And he was amazing. He was the anointed cherubim. Amen. And God's presence. Amen. Powerful. It says, you are, in verse 14, you are the anointed cherubim that covers you have set thee so. You, you are upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. He goes, you were perfect. Hmm? Lucifer, you were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of this merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And you have sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the, of the stones of the fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You, are, you hath corrupted thy wisdom by, by the reason of the brightness. I'll cast thee down on the ground and all the kings, all the humans are going to behold you and know who you are. I'm telling you, see, you think about this, uh, his, his amazing things that God put upon him, that God set upon him. You know, he started, he was like, oh, he started looking around, seeing all these beautiful things, see, seeing everyone praise, seeing everyone worshiping God. He, and he started looking around and said, man, look at all this great stuff I'm doing. Look, look, how, look how amazing I'm in. Look how beautiful I am. There's no one created like me. I'm amazing. I'm beautiful. Great things are happening through me. I'm going to exalt myself like Isaiah says. I'm going to exalt myself to be just like him. See, see, many people, they think, they think, oh, Satan, he came to try to destroy, destroy God the Father. No, he didn't. He's, he's not stupid. You know, he was created by him. He never wanted to destroy the Father. He knew he couldn't do that. Well, he, he was envious of him. 
Why he, he, wanted, he wanted all that worship. He wanted everything that the Father was going to. He said, I'm going to exalt myself. I'm going to be just as high as you. Amen. I want people, they're going to start praising me. They're going to start honoring me, which is the same thing he's desiring for people to do here on this earth. I want your worship. I want your praise. Amen. Why? Because he's trying to steal these things from the Father. Amen. He was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found. And what happened? He lost his light. He lost his light. And what happened? Darkness. He got the darkness obscured the light that he was in. He got kicked out of that place called heaven. Amen. And and will end up in, in a place called hell. Glory to God. Amen. But that's lights out. Amen. But that's not who he was created to be. Hmm? That's not who Lucifer was created to be. Lucifer wasn't created to be Satan. He was created to be Lucifer, the light bearer. But he yielded to obscurity. He yielded to the darkness, and he will lose his light. It will be lights out. Amen. And that's the way it will be. I'm telling you, church, Satan, the only weapon he has against you, church, is obscurity. That's the only weapon Satan has against you. You know, Satan has, Satan, Satan, no, 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 no. The only thing Satan has against you is obscurity. He only has darkness. He only, he can, he only tries to cover up, try to, try to move the light. But see how many of you know that, that light, when you walk into a room, light cannot be covered up by darkness. Listen, I don't care what happens in here with these lights on. I admit what, what comes into this place. It will always shine because the lights are in here. Darkness can't come and cover me up. Amen. It can't come in and cover these things up. I mean, is the only thing that he has is the ability to obscure things in your life, change what you're believing, change what you're thinking, and obscure the light to where it doesn't emit on the inside of you. Now, the only way this can happen is if you're not intimate. Hmm? The only way he can obscure the word in your life, the Holy Ghost in your life, is if you're not intimate with him. If you don't know him, if you don't know his leading, if you don't know his direction in your life, that's why we got to become intimate not only with the person of the word of God, but with what he's spoken to each and every one of us. Amen. Listen, how are we looking on time here? Oh, good Lord. Man, oh man. I don't see what direction I'm going to go here. Give me just a few more minutes, and I'll, I'll bring this thing to a close. Huh. And my, my pastor, before he became a, a pastor in 2002, he planted a church. He was a traveling teacher. He traveled all over the world, taught the Word of God, promoted the, uh, promoted the move of God. He preached a lot over here in Ireland. Some of the seeds we're getting to, to reap a harvest of, even in this day. Amen. But he, he, he went to this place called Haiti. He, tell, he tells a story. If any of y'all don't know where, where the nation of Haiti is, it's down there by Jamaica, the Bahamas, you know, Puerto Rico, uh, the Dominican Republic, and that Caribbean area right off of the coast of Florida down in the, in the United States. And, and he was over there in, in Haiti, and Haiti is a dark place. It's very dark. Why is it dark? It's dark because there's a religion called voodoo that's over there, and it is distorted. It's obscured the light in that area. Now, what happens when, when you have obscurity? When you have obscurity of darkness, what happens? You know, you get all the curses that come with it. I mean, you get the curses of poverty, the, curse, the curses of, of, of disease, the curses of sickness, the curses of envy, the curses of murder. I mean, all these things come forth. And he, and he was sitting there walking down the streets, and he was praying, getting ready for a meeting. And he, he said he saw some of these little kids running around, and, and man, they were absolutely starving. I mean, they were starving. 
You know, he looked at me like that. You know, little old, little old kids running around playing ball and stuff like that. But they had the pot bellies. You know, now how many y'all know that just because you have a little pot belly doesn't mean that you're doesn't mean that you're well fed. Amen. They're they're stick they're sticks, skin and bones with with pot bellies and red hair. Amen. Now the, the, most of the people in Haiti are black people. Amen. So I don't know if it's like this all around the world, but in that part of the world, when they have when they get red hair, it means they're malnourished. Amen. They don't have pretty black hair coming out. They have red hair that starts coming forth, and it means they're malnourished. So you see all these little red headed you know, black babies running around with big pot bellies and they're just running around, you know, and, and my pastor, man, he got, his spirit got grieved over it and he was sitting there talking to the Lord. He said, what, what's going on here? You know, what, you know, how come, how come they don't understand what's going on? And the Lord spoke to me and said, they don't even know they're starving. He goes, these, these children, they, they don't know they're starving. Why? Because they've never been, they've never been to a place that they have more than enough. They've never been around prosperity in their life. This is normal to them. And I'm telling you, church, here in Europe where we're living in, here in the West where we're living in, I'm telling you, there, there, is, a, there is a starvation that's in this land. There is a starvation. Why? Because there is a spiritual poverty here throughout this land. I'm telling you, even the church is participating in it, and the church doesn't know it. And the church doesn't know it. Why? Because they've never been around the light. Amen. They've been around religion. We got religion in the West like it's going out of style. But I'm telling you, there is a darkness. It's obscured. And that's why the church looks just like the world over here. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus is looking for some people. He's looking for some people that will jerk it up. They're looking for some people that actually believe what the word of God says, actually dive into these things and release a light into this land, really release a light into this world. But, we, but how are we going to get to that place? You're going to have to get around some people that are burning. You're going to have to get around some people that have light coming out of them. You're going to have to get around some people that are burning for the things of Jesus, not sitting back at home on Facebook and looking at Netflix. Oh, come on, church. I know it's been late. I know I probably went over, way over my time here. But listen, we, we need to wake up to these realities because I'm telling you, God's wanting to do something. He wants to do something in Northern Ireland. He wants to do something in this city. But he's not going to come down here and do it. He's looking for you to do it. He's looking for you to, he said, I've given you my light. I've given you my spirit. It's time for you to take off. It's time for you to do something for the kingdom. Amen. Can anyone get in agreement with that today? Oh, come on, church. Can anyone get into agreement? Can anyone can decree and declare they are the light? That Jesus, he's made me the light. I, I know I have the light burning so bright on me. When I step outside of these doors, I'm going to catch people on fire. You say, well, I don't know if I'm that lit. Well, listen, get to that place. Get to that place. How do I get there? Get intimate with the Lord. Start getting into prayer. Start getting into to, to fasting and feasting on the word of God. I mean, start, start pursuing the things of God. And I'm telling you, you will get so lit, church. People around you start getting lit. I'm telling you, my since up here that leads worship. She, she was in this same place. I'll give her her wee testimony. Amen. She, she, she was bouncing from church, church trying to, trying to figure out what God had for her. She got lit with the things of God. What happened? Everyone in her family just started like being balls of fire. Boom, boom. That's why you see Anita coming up here from Dundalk. Why? Not because we're so great and she wants to come. No, she wants to be in the move of God. Amen. She wants to come up here and participate. We got people from Dundalk that come up here every single week for our worship team. Why? Because they're so lit. Amen. They can't, they want to get this city lit on fire and they're going to do their part to help amen i'm telling you church we got to get lit why because it is like dominoes there is a ripple effect in the kingdom of god if we allow it to happen amen but it only starts with one how I mean, you know revival it starts it starts with it starts with one it starts with a pair amen of people that will that will begin to believe god amen for something amazing to happen if you can believe it i'm telling you god will use it and he will release it for each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray. Well, Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your compassion. 
Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the light that you've placed on the inside of us. Lord, stir up. You tell us to stir up the gifts that are on the inside of us. Stir up. Give us that, that boldness to, to stir ourselves up with a passion for the things of God. Lord, that we won't, we won't walk out of this place like, oh, it's just another Sunday message. Glory to God. Lord, may, may a passion, I'll release a passion for the kingdom of God to flow through each and every person in this room. A passion and a hunger for the word of God. A passion and a hunger for the move of the spirit. A passion for you, Jesus. For you and everything that we do. Lord, may we be the, may we be the, just like St. Fotini, may we be the, may we be the seed, may we be the agent, amen, that, that flips dairy upside down. May we be the agent that flips up Northern Ireland. May we be the agent that flips this whole island upside down to a revival so burning in this land, Lord, that we go and we, we rescue Europe, the darkest place in this world. We rescue Europe with the light of the word of God. Amen. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for that call you've placed on this island. I thank you for the call you've placed on this island to once again, and once again, bring the harvest back to that dead and dying land. I thank you for it, Lord. I glorify you for it. Lord, may we be, may we be like your prophets, just lift up our hand and say, here we are, Lord, use us. Use us for agents of transformation. Allow the light you've placed on the inside of us to, to purge darkness when we come in the midst of it. May darkness start running. When we, come into the, when we come into the room. May sickness start running when we come and lay hands on people. May, may, may poverty start running when we come into the room. May addictions start fleeing. May they get nervous. May devils start getting antsy when we come into the room because of the light we carry and because we know who we are. And I thank you for it, Lord. Ooh, I glorify you for it. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for Psalms 91, which is the tradition of this church. Or that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place, Lord. For you give your angels charge of us to keep us in all of our ways. Lord, they'll bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against the stone. There is no, we are protected in everything we do, whether we're on the railways, the seaways, the airways, the motorways, or even if we're walking down the walk paths, Lord. There is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us or harm us. We are your protected. We are your children. We are people that are committed into the secret place of the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. We'll say to the Lord, you are our refuge, you are our fortress, you are our strength. It's in you whom we'll trust, you alone whom we'll trust. You are our truth. You are our shield. You are our God. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for the righteous labor of our hands. May we be a blessing to our jobs. May they be prosperous because we, because we come into the room. Lord, give us opportunities this week, Lord, to to reveal your word unto someone, to, to lay hands on the sick, or to get someone saved, to bring them to the kingdom, to baptize someone in the Holy Ghost. Lord, that we can come forth and we can say, the kingdom of God has just come nigh unto you. May we take back some land from the adversary this week. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ you've called each and every one of us to be. Lord, thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the heart of the city on number 20A Queen Street, and we would love for you to call in and join us. Details are on our website at islandchurch.co.uk.